Things Illegal. What a dreadful name for, for an episode. Anyway, um, just to go on to the pirate radio thing I mentioned in the week, didn't I, Wednesday. The Dutch pirates, what they do, they, they transmit at the end of medium wave band, end of the AM band, they transmit their Dutch music and the authorities track them down. They, they find out where they are and they bust them. They take their gear away and they bust them. They go to court or whatever they do and they get fined. So about a week later, they're back on the air again. <laughs> They've got more gear, put the aerial back up, and they're back on the air again. And the authorities bust them again. <laughs> and it's this never decreasing, what is it, never ending, ever decreasing circle. And what happened was, and I believe this to be true because several people have told me, what happened was in the end, the authorities wrote to each of the pirates and said, why do you do this? You transmit that's illegal, we bust you. You transmit, that's illegal, we bust you. Why do you do this? And I don't know what the answer was. I don't know what the outcome was there. But I can understand. People have said to me, what is it about pirate radio playing music on medium wave, for example? I did that when I was in my teens. I built my transmitter and I had my record deck, a reel-to-reel tape recorder, a microphone, and I'd made a mixer, built a mixer out of you know, valves, of course, not transistors back then. I built this mixer and that was my studio in the shed and I had the transmitter there as well and I remember walking around the block with my transistor radio and I could hear my my music I thought this is great you know I'm right the way around the block and I remember walking further a mile away loud and clear two miles away I didn't go any further than that I wanted to get back to the shed two miles away loud and clear on my transistor radio Radio Telstar. I called it that because I happened to have the record Telstar. That was by, oh dear, not the Fortunes. Who did Telstar? I'll remember in a minute. Tornadoes, Tornadoes. So that was my sort of theme tune. I start off the programme with Telstar. <laughs> and I do remember once, I've got to tell you this, it's fantastic. I was out in the garden. I had a pre-recorded programme that I'd done. I did all the DJing and made up my own jingles and things for Radio Telstar. And that was going away in the shed, all playing away out there. And I could hear down the end of the garden at the houses right down the other end, round the block, I could hear my music. So I walked down the garden and I listened. And someone, they were sitting, it was summertime, they're sitting in their garden listening to Radio Telstar on their transistor radio. I could see through the bushes this chap and his wife there. <laughs> They're sitting out on their patio thing, listening to, to Radio Telstar. Honestly, that made my day. That was fantastic. I had one listener, well, two, him and his wife. Two listeners. Absolutely brilliant. The Dutch pirates, they play their, their funny Dutch music. I quite like it, actually. They're on in the evenings. Not, I don't think they're on in the day. And they're right at the end of medium wave. I don't think an ordinary transistor radio covers it, but a, a decent receiver with a decent aerial. I think they're on 1630 kilohertz. Around about there, they change around. It would be nice. I've often thought, why don't the authorities say, look, you can have that little section of the band there. OK, do what you like there. Perhaps have a, a maximum power of 10 watts or something. And just let pirates all congregate in one place. I suppose the trouble is like me 
I would, you know, give me an inch, I'll take a mile. You can go in that little section there. Well, I'd go just outside that little section there because everyone else is on there. <laughs> so, and 10 watts, well, I'd probably have 50 watts because 10 isn't very much. <laughs> so if all the pirates were like me, which I'm sure they are, we'd all end up running far more than 10 watts of power. We'd end up going outside the little section where we're meant to be transmitting in on the dial, you know, on your radio dial. And it, it just would be anarchy. It wouldn't work. Mind you, I suppose it's anarchy now, isn't it? The thing is now, I'm talking about the Dutch and getting the letter from the authorities. That was years ago. I heard that about 10 years ago. The Dutch pirates are still going. I'm wondering whether the Dutch authorities, whoever they are, and with us, it's Ofcom, isn't it? I wonder whether they've just given up. So let them get on with it. Can't be bothered. Let them get on with it. The thing is, they're not causing interference to anyone. They're on a part of the, the band that used to be used, well, not even for shipping down there. It's, it's sort of part of medium wave. So they're not interfering with anyone. And I have heard from various people, in fact, one chap, he was in the know at Ofcom. He said they don't bother anymore. They haven't got the resources. They can't be bothered now to track someone down, find some idiot in his shed who's saying, you're tuned to Radio Telstar, master with the most on the South Coast. <laughs> they just can't be bothered with it. So there we are. Mind you, I wouldn't do that now because I'm a upright uh, pillar of the community or something, aren't I? The age at which you can go into a pub in the UK and buy alcohol is 18. Okay, I think in America, when I went to California, it was 21. Here it's 18. And I've known several people that have gone into the pub on their 18th birthday and they've said to the landlord, oh, you know, usual, please. Yep, OK. They've been going there for a year or two. And they said, oh, my birthday today. And the landlord says, oh, terrific. Congratulations. How old are you? 18. What? You've been coming in here the last year, the last two years. You're underage drinking. You'll get me into trouble. You will. Yeah, well, I'm 18 now, so I'll have a beer. <laughs> I've known two or three people do that. And that's quite funny, isn't it? I mean, I remember going into pubs at 16 and buying beer. The excitement is a bit like pirate radio. It's illegal. It's illegal to buy or sell, you know, drinks if you're under 18. The landlord, it's illegal for him to serve you or anyone behind the bar. And it's illegal for you to buy the stuff. But that's the fun of it. Once you're 18, well, it's no fun anymore, is it? You just go into the pub and buy a drink. It's perfectly legal. <laughs> the fun element disappears. Happy days. I remember when I was 12 years old, driving a car. I was having driving lessons at 12 years old. <laughs> totally illegal. It was my dad's car. And he said, what we'll do, there's a place in, uh, at just outside the town known as the, the Cabbage Patch. And it's just a piece of road in a field, really. I don't know what it was all about. I think once they were going to build houses there about 100 years ago, and it never happened. So it's just a little road in this field. And you can drive around the block sort of thing. And my dad took me there in his Ford console. This is back well, when I was 12. So when was that? I don't know when that was. When was I 12? I can't remember. 1963. So I'm driving this Ford console around this road, getting the hang of it, working the clutch, you know, Fantastic. I was, I was learning how to drive a car. <laughs> I loved it. I suppose had the cops turned up, they I don't know, they would have told my dad off. I don't think they'd have done anything. I suppose it depends on the copper, doesn't it? If he's a horrible sort of copper, he'd bust him. But I think any ordinary cop would say, stop that. You know, I know it's in the middle of a field and you're on a, a road that's 
not a, a proper road, not made up or anything, you know, but uh, it's against the law. But that was good fun. I, I'll never forget that. 12 years old, I'm driving this Ford console around. <laughs> oh dear, that was happy day indeed. What else have I done that's illegal? What have you done that's illegal? Raise rants at illegalmail.com. No, raise rants at protonmail.com. Tell me what you've done that's illegal. I didn't do anything very illegal, like stealing. I didn't do that sort of thing, criminal damage, stuff like that. That's, that's not nice. Playing music on medium wave is terrific, even though it's illegal. Driving a car, brilliant. Drinking underage, fantastic. <laughs> Harmless, illegal things. Not uh, awful, dreadful robbing and mugging and murdering and stuff like that. So if you did anything naughty in your teens, <laughs> do email me and let me know. And I shall read out your naughtiness on next Sunday's episode. Oh dear. And don't worry, I will change your name to protect the innocent or the guilty. <laughs> I remember when I was young, I was driving along and this cop car came the other way and I saw him looking at me. And as he went past, he sort of stared at me, hard stare. And I thought, what's his problem? What's the matter with him? Anyway, I looked in the mirror and he, was he turned around. He was coming after me. Anyway, he stopped me and he said, you're breaking the law. And I'm looking around. What do you mean I'm breaking? What, what, what have I done? He said, where's your tax disc? <laughs> I don't know about other countries, but we had a little tax disc in the windscreen. And it's illegal if you don't tax your car. And it's illegal if you don't display the tax disc properly. And I said, it's here. And I picked it up off the floor, the passenger side. I said, look, there it is. The car is taxed. He said, yeah, but it's illegal because it's on the floor. Why is it on the floor? You're meant to display it. I said, oh, well, it dropped off. I said, oh, it doesn't stay properly. It just drops off. And he said, the next shop you come to, buy a reel of sellotape and stick it on the window. I said, yeah, right, OK, yes, I'll do, I'll do that. Anyway, off he went. He didn't, didn't do me or anything, but uh, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. So I inadvertently broke the law that time. There was a time I deliberately broke the law. I drove a car that wasn't taxed. Friend of ours next door, she was pregnant and she went into labour. And they didn't have a car. And her, her chap knocked on my door and he said, can you take us to the hospital? You know, she's in, in labour. Well, the car I had, I, my, oh, it's a long story, but the car I had, I was working on. It wasn't taxed. It was in the garage around the back of the house and I was working on the car. So I said, I can't. I've only got the car that's not taxed. And he said, oh, I don't know what to do. I said, well, call an ambulance. He said, well, we have. They've called and they're busy or something. Anyway, bit of a long story. So I said, look, come on then, I'll, I'll drive you to the hospital. So uh, they were in the back of the car. And of course, a copper stopped me. This lady policeman stopped me. Where's your tax disc? I said, yeah, okay, guilty. Hands up, I know. Fair cop and all that. I said, the girl in the back's in labour. She's pregnant. She's in labour. I shouldn't have done it, but she's got to get to the hospital. She said, looked in the back. She said, who's in labour? And this girl said, oh, me, me. Oh. <laughs> I thought she was about to have the baby. And this lady copper said, go on then, clear off. And if anyone else stops you, I haven't seen you. I said, right, OK, thank you. And off I went. <laughs> no one else did stop us. But uh, I deliberately broke the law and the law won. No, it didn't. She let me off. Fantastic. There's something about trespassing in the woods, isn't there? When you're a kid, like I was, and you walk along through the woods, you follow this path, and there's this barbed wire fence. There's this big notice, and it says, keep out, 
trespassers will be prosecuted. Well, keep out to a kid. That means there's something in there worth having a look at. I must go and have a look. So a couple of friends and myself, you know, clamber over the barbed wire fence, rip our jeans and legs in the process, and we're walking through the woods. What's in here? Why have we got to keep out? The notice itself, it, it's almost a dare, isn't it? Keep out. Ah, no, I won't keep out. I'm going to go and have a look. Anyway, we found this lake. There was a lake in the middle of the woods. It all opened out. And there's this huge lake. And it said private fishing and all this. Keep out. Go away. You'll get shot, hung, drawn and quartered and whatever. <laughs> so we often popped over there. We didn't go fishing, but we often popped over there. Anyway, the chap caught us. The landowner. What are you doing? <laughs> Off he went on one. And we said, well, we just wanted to have a look. He said, you're not allowed to go fishing in this lake. Well, we're not. You shouldn't even be on the land. Didn't you see the notice? Well, no, not really. No, what notice? <laughs> well, the notice is all round the place. Those big notices. Oh, those. Yeah, <laughs> he was all right, actually. I think he quite liked the idea that us kids, what are we, 12 years old? Us kids had ignored his notice, clambered over his fence and gone to have a look. I think he, in his own mind, he was probably thinking, oh, just the sort of thing I would have done at their age. He, he didn't say you'll be hung, drawn and quartered. He said you'll be keel-hauled. No, he didn't say that either. That was awful, wasn't it? That's where they tie a rope to someone and they drag them under the ship and then pull them up the other side, don't they, under the keel. Presumably they, that killed them, I don't know, but awful. What's the other one? Tarred and feathered or something. They cover someone in tar, didn't they? And uh, cover them in feathers or something. Dreadful things they used to do to people. Anyway, this chap didn't, he didn't kill haul us or hang, draw and quarter us or whatever it was. <laughs> he was quite nice. Scrumping, is that illegal? You know, when you're a kid, you climb over a wall or a fence, go into someone's orchard and nick the apples or the pears. I suppose that was, that was stealing, wasn't it? Basically, you're stealing other people's property. Well, I did that a few times. Listen to me, you're all thinking, stand the crows, this chap's a criminal. He's a serial criminal, <laughs> What are we listening to? <laughs> I know I'm not really a serial criminal, honestly. Honest, Gov, it weren't me. <laughs> I, I ain't done nothing. <laughs> I think we all did scrumping and stuff like that. Cycling at night without lights. I got stopped for that once by a cop. Oi, are you, Sonny, where, where's your lights? Oh, the battery's gone. It was, they were battery light, the battery. Well, you shouldn't be cycling. Ooh, go on, get off home <laughs> and walk. Don't you ride that bike without any light. You push it. Yeah, OK, officer. <laughs> it's now Thursday, by the way. I don't know what day it is, half the time. Just had an email from the Met Office. Yellow warning for London and South East England. That's us. Thunderstorm between 1300 on Thursday, 22nd. Yeah, that is today, isn't it? Yes. And uh, 8 o'clock. Th oh, so thunderstorms today up till 8 o'clock tonight. And this time, if I can, now the recorder's all right, I shall record the storm for you. Wow, you're thinking, I can't wait to hear that. That's exciting. <laughs> I do love thunderstorms. The lightning the other night, no, early morning, wasn't it? The lightning, it was getting so near. Huge flashes and the thunder. You know, normally you count the seconds, don't you? One, two, three. And each second is meant to be about a mile away where the storm is. Well, it was a flash followed by the thunder less than a second away, almost at the same time. So it really was close. And as I said Wednesday, a little too close for comfort that I like a good electrical storm, but not when it's almost on top of you. 
Talking of the weather, we've got another heat wave on the way for this weekend. I don't know, they keep on about these heat waves. Apparently there's another one and the nights are going to be very, very hot. I like the warmth in the day. I like the sunshine in the day. I don't like these hot nights where, you know, you've got to open the windows and even then it's hot. It's just horrible. Can't sleep properly. Oh, I nearly forgot. Email from Terry. Remember I said the engine light came on on the car? Do you remember that? Probably not. I bet you weren't even listening. <laughs> he said, have you found out why the engine light came on? It stayed on. Yes, we have. We took it to the garage yesterday. Trish and I went up there and uh, they fixed it for us. 154 quid. How about that? 154 pounds. It was the sensor in the exhaust pipe or something that uh, senses the emissions or whatever. And they replaced the sensor. So something to do with, the, was it the catalytic converter? Anyway, £154 and the light's gone out. They probably just took the bulb out. <laughs> I was going to stick a bit of black tape over it so I couldn't see the engine light. But uh, Trish didn't think that was a good idea. Hello, Ange, if you're listening. Uh, nice to hear from you. Uh, Ange said, at least the Dutch pirates these days are on the radio and not out at sea doing their pirating. That's a good point, Ange. Yes, a good point. They're, they're better doing that on the radio, aren't they? It must have been terrific, not pirating at sea, because that's awful, you know, boarding other people's ships and killing people and robbing their stuff, their treasure. But smuggling must have been good fun in the old days. I mean, that was illegal. You'd, you'd get these coves, wouldn't you? Um, down the West Country, Devon and wherever, Cornwall, coves and caves where the smugglers would land their boats. Do you land a boat? You land an aeroplane. I think you can land a boat. And they put all their goodies in the cave, wouldn't they? All their sort of bits and pieces they brought across from the channel. I mean, that still goes on now, doesn't it? People go over to France, chuck a load of booze and cigarettes in their boot and then come back and not don't pay duty on it or whatever they do. But smuggling, that, that must have been quite exciting in the in the good old days. Flogging all your illicit goods all your spoils in the local pub called the Smuggler's Rest or, or whatever it was called. What must have been really horrible were the press gangs. Have you heard about the press gangs in the old days? I don't know, 100, 200 years ago? Must have been 200. A ship's about to sail and they want some crew. So they go around the local pubs and you know, the press gang and they just take a few young men. Oh, he looks fit and healthy, that chap there. Drag him out and force him onto the ship. And they'd sail all the way around the world, whatever they do. And he had to work on the ship. I suppose if he didn't like it, then he'd get killed or just chucked overboard, walk the plank. I'm just reading about the press gangs here. It says impressment, to give its proper name, happened all across the, the British Isles, uh, maritime communities, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and North America. From 1664 to 1830, it involved bands of thugs, as they put it here headed by naval officers, oh, being sent ashore from Royal Navy warships to kidnap the king's subjects to serve on the high seas. Oh, I didn't realise it was uh, the Royal Navy. I wonder whether the Royal Navy do that now. <laughs> a load of them go and kick a pub door in and go in there and drag out some fit young men. That's awful, isn't it? Imagine you're having a couple of drinks in a, a local pub down by the sea with your mates and the press gang walk in and you're dragged off to a ship and you're gone for months. We may never even come back at all. That's awful, isn't it? <laughs> I dread the thought. Oh, I just can't even think of that. It must be dreadful. You've probably got a wife and family at home. They're thinking, well, where's he gone? He's cleared off, probably run off with some woman. 
and the poor chap's been forced onto a ship. Oh, I think an apology is due. I said some woman. That's uh, illegal, isn't it, these days? I'll have the hate police after me. You're not allowed to say some woman with another female. Is that no, you can't even say that? <laughs> I don't know what you can and can't say anymore. I've often talked about this, haven't I? I don't know what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say. Run off with some person or other. There we are. How's that? That's all right, isn't it? I won't get into trouble. I won't be getting thousands of emails calling me all sorts of dreadful things. Talking of dreadful things, what we can and can't say these days. I've noticed on, we watch some of these old black and white films uh, from the 50s and not all black and white, some are in colour, but from those days. And there's a, a warning at the front. It says something, I, I must read it properly. I must make a note of it next time I see it. Something about the humour and the language represent the time or something like the 50s or the 60s it was acceptable then but it may not be now <laughs> something like that so you might have a, a scene in a pub where a, a chap says get me another beer wench because <laughs> they were known as wenches weren't they the, the females serving in in the pubs and things so that was fitting apparently for the time so it, it's a kind of apology don't get triggered or offended if you hear something like that, because back then it was acceptable, <laughs> rightly or wrongly. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to go into that one. Just out of interest, I'm just looking up here the word wench to see exactly what it means. A young woman or girl uh, or a woman servant or the third one here, a promiscuous woman or a prostitute. Oh, right. Well, I didn't know that. Um, definition of wench by the Free Dictionary meaning and synonyms. Oh, anyway, all quite interesting. There were a lot of things back then, weren't there, in, you know, like a few hundred years ago, that were terrible. <laughs> well, there are a lot of things now that are terrible, but some of the words, I, I love looking up words, the etymology of words. I've always loved that. It's a kind of a hobby of mine. And especially now with the internet, it's so much easier. I used to have some lovely dictionaries. I had the Oxford Dictionary, of course, the Webster's Dictionary, huge I had three or four volumes, these huge books, and they had just about everything in there you could ever imagine. And I'd look up the etymology of words in the dictionaries. I love doing that. I still do. But as I say, with the internet, of course, it makes it even easier because you can just type it in and up comes Google with a load of stuff all about it. You can even ask Alexa. Oh, I shouldn't say that. All your Alexa's now are saying, what? <laughs> does yours butt in? Ours does. Trish and I are having a chat and Alexa, she'll butt in and she'll say, sorry, I don't know that one. Why who asked you? Go away. Oh, I must tell you this. My son, North Carolina son, he sent me an MP3 the other day, a little recording. And it was me. It's me doing a podcast episode. And it sounded just like me. Except I knew it wasn't because it, it was saying something about, oh, I can't be bothered to talk to you lot. You're a load of idiots. Couldn't bother to email me. And I thought, I don't talk to my people like that. Stone the crows. It was this AI thing, this artificial intelligence. What he had done, he got it to mimic my voice and it sounded just like me. I said to Trish, listen to this. And she said it's not quite right, but it wasn't far off. So that's quite amazing. This is, I, I think, this is what they're worrying about, isn't it? And I saw another a sort of uh, video type thing. It was live online. I forget where I saw it. And it's Trump and Biden and you can ask them questions. You, know, you could say to Trump, what do you think about President Biden? 
and Trump, and it sounded just like him, would start calling him all sorts of names and he'd be swearing and, I mean, I can't repeat it, obviously. And then they'd say to Trump, you know, well, what do you think of, they'd say to Biden, what do you think of Trump? And he'd start swearing and say all these dreadful things about Trump. It really was good. It sounded just like them. I said, no, not just, not exactly, not 100%. You could tell here and there that it wasn't quite right. But isn't that fantastic? There's there's me listening to myself thinking, I've never said that on a podcast. I wouldn't dare say it. I mean, it was worse than that. But I can't tell you exactly what it said. I ought to save the clip, really, and put it... No, I mustn't do that. You don't want to hear that. I suppose that's one of the many concerns people have about AI. When you could actually see Trump and Biden and their mouths were moving in, you know, with the speech, it, it just looked like them, it sounded like them. Except you knew it wasn't because I, well, they probably do swear at each other like that, but not on camera. <laughs> at four o'clock this morning, I was awake and I went out into the garden. Why, you're thinking, why go out into the garden at four in the morning? First of all, the sun was coming up, the air's fresh, it's a lovely time of day in the summer, and I wanted to listen to something. So I sat on the patio with my recorder and I listened to this. That was wonderful. I sat out there for about half an hour, had a cup of tea, just sitting there listening to that. I won't give you half an hour's worth of uh, birdsong because <laughs> we haven't got that long. But it was fantastic. i just sad that I missed the storm the other day because of the problems I had with the recorder. No, I should say the recorder was fine. It was user error. It was the problems I had with myself, not <laughs> the recorder. User error. Just going back to things illegal. I was thinking in the night, before I went into the garden, in fact, you're probably thinking I never go to sleep. I'm not sure that I do, to be honest. But I was thinking about things illegal. What else have I done in my time that's illegal? Well, I broke the speed limit once. I thought I came off a main road, a 70 mile an hour road, into a, a sort of country lane thing. I thought it was 40. It was 30. So I was breaking the law and this copper stopped me. You're nicked. Nick, nick, nick. That was that. And I got, this is decades ago. Goodness knows when it was, 1800 and something. And I got, I think, was it three points on my license? That's all I had, three points. So that was breaking the law. And that reminds me of a friend of mine. He's sadly passed away now a few years ago. But he said to me once, speed cameras, they're dangerous things. They should be banned. They're really dangerous and I said, well, why, why are they dangerous? How do you mean? He said, well, you have to slam on your brakes when you come up to a camera. And so I, I knew what he meant. I said, Dave, what, what do you mean you've got to slam on your brakes? Say it's a 30 limit. He said, yeah. So you're going along the road. You see the camera, you've got to hit the brakes. I said, why are you hitting the brakes? He said, well, the speed camera. And I said, yeah, but it's a 30 limit. If you're doing no more than 30, I don't understand why you have to slam on the brakes. And he said, well, yeah, I mean, you do a bit over 30, don't you? And I said, no. I mean, I do sometimes, but just for the sake of the argument that he seemed to want, I said, no, I don't, I don't go over the speed limit. If it's 30, I'll stick to 30. If it's 40, I stick to 40. I said, if a speed camera comes along, there's no slamming on the brakes because it's all highly dangerous. 
Oh, that's another thing, because he was saying sometimes cars nearly go in the back of you. And I said, well, they're too close. What if a child had run out or something and you slam on the brakes? If they go into the back of you, you're going too fast. They're too close. Anyway, in the end, he did see what I was getting at. And another chap that uh, Trish and I know, he got done for speeding. He was a taxi driver. Oh, I got done for speeding. Oh, what were you doing? I was doing 40 in a 30 limit. Of course, we were saying, well, yeah, what are you doing that for? Well, it was three o'clock in the morning. He worked nights. He said three o'clock in the morning. I mean, speed limit doesn't apply then, does it? <laughs> of course, we would say, well, how does it change? You know, after sort of midnight or something, other speed limits abolished or, or what? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the road was clear. Of course, Trish was having a go as well. She said, yeah, but what's it got to do with the time of night or day? Anyway, he sort of took the point. He got busted. So he had to pay a fine as well as points. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. There was one evening years ago, we were driving back from Brighton through Shoreham along the, the bottom road, the seafront road. I'm going along there at 30, that's the limit. And this idiot in his car went flying past us. Goodness me. I said to Trish, there's never a copper around, is there, when you want one? Next minute, this other car went flying past. Neen or neen or And they busted this bloke a bit further up the road. They got him out of his car. He was standing there. <laughs> I just drove past. And Trish and I, we were both grinning. It was night time. It was one o'clock in the morning. It was night time. That's why he obviously thought he could put his foot down. But, uh, yeah, that was funny. We've never forgotten that. That's... Uh, <laughs> Whenever you want a cop, there's never one around. Roll, there they go. That's excellent fun. As I said earlier, have you broken the law? Let me know. Raise rants at protonmail.com. If you've stopped on double yellow lines or no parking sign just to nip into a shop quickly, that's breaking the law, isn't it? There's no parking there. I reckon just about all of us. Hands up who hasn't broken the law, deliberately or inadvertently. I'm sure we all must have done that at some stage. Trisha's dad once told me a story when he was young. He was told by his dad, don't pick the pears from the pear tree in the garden. Okay, don't go picking the pears. So him and his brother, they didn't pick the pears. They climbed up the tree and they were eating the pears while they were still on the tree. Anyway, that evening his dad got in from work and there's these sort of cores, you know, pear cores hanging on the tree. Just and he said, I told you not to pick them. We haven't picked them, we've just eaten them. That was quite funny. He did say that was a true story, and I can well believe that, knowing Trisha's dad. He's uh, sadly gone as well. When I was at school, dinner money used to go missing. Now, what I did with my dinner money, now this is naughty, I'd go down the, the chip shop at lunchtime and buy some fish and chips, and that was great fun, far better than school dinners or we'd go down the the local sweet shop we had a lovely little sweet shop near our school and they sold us cigarettes and all sorts now that's against the law now smoking what is it it was back then i don't know what it is now the legal age for smoking was 16 and of course we're like 12 13 year olds you know not 16 at all i left school at 14 and we're just going down there buying cigarettes i remember I used to get Five Park Drive. Do you remember that? Five Park Drive. I forget how much they were. Then later on, we went on to Woodbine. They were in packs of 10. 
But that was illegal to smoke. It was illegal for the shopkeeper to sell them to us. Illegal for us to smoke them. We used to go and sit over the park, play truant. You know, in the afternoon, didn't go back to school. They're playing sports. So we go over the park with our cigarettes and sit there smoking. <laughs> and then at four o'clock, go home. And, uh, you know, mum would know nothing about it. You know, good day at school. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Sitting in the park smoking. Going back to the dinner money, which is what I was going to tell you in the first place, some of it was being stolen. Now, what boys used to do was put the dinner money, they get to school, put the money in their desks or blazer pocket, hang your blazer up. Anyway, someone was nicking it. Not everyone's, but someone was you know, lifting the desks up when we all go into assembly, for example, first thing in the morning, finding the dinner money in your desks, and they were taking it. So what the teacher did, unbeknown to us, he, once we'd all gone into assembly, he opened all the desks and he had like a, a green, it wasn't a felt tip in those days, was it whatever it was, a green marker of some sort. Not sure what it was. And he marked the coins, like the half crown, the two bob bits. He put some green marks on them. After assembly, we're all back in the class and we sat down and he said, now, interesting thing about the coinage. There was a thing, I don't know whether you saw it on the news, but uh, some of it's turning green. And we're all sort of like, oh, really? Wow, what's that then? And he said, anyone got any green coins? So this, this boy, you know, we were about to check ours, and this boy put his hand up. Yeah, he said, yeah, look, all mine are green. And the teacher went and had a look, and he said, how come you've got so much money? And he said, oh, oh it's just my pocket money. He came out with a load of lies. And of course, two or three of the kids in the class, they opened their desk. My money's gone. My money's been stolen. Anyway, this boy owned up in the end. I don't think the teacher marked every single one of... I think, I can't remember exactly, but he marked a few of the coins around the, the desks. You know, he marked them with his green stuff. And of course, this kid sh shot his hand up. Another time, I remember in maths, I got caught. We had to do this maths homework. I hated homework. I can't do maths. I couldn't do it then. I can't do it now. Hate the whole thing. So the following day, you know, we all did our homework. Well, I sort of did the homework. And he said, oh, by the way, this is the answer. And everyone got it right. And I thought, oh, my answer's wrong. He said, did anyone, I'll make this up, the figure. Did anyone out of interest get uh, 251 for the answer? I said, yeah, I, I did, sir, I did. And he said, well, you looked in the back of the book then and cheated because that's the answers in the back of the book. Some of them aren't correct. So, of course, the whole class erupted in laughter. There were answers in the back of the book and you weren't meant to look. You could look there to check your working, but some of the answers were deliberately wrong. And, of course, I just got to the back of the book. Oh, look, 251, write that down. And, uh, of course, they're all laughing at me. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so did everyone else. The teacher didn't. I don't know whether you ever went train spotting when you were younger. I used to do that. You'd buy a platform ticket. I think it was tuppence. The old two pennies. Or was it? Yes, tuppence, I think. Platform ticket. And that allowed you to go on the platform. Not to get on a train, of course. And what we used to do sometimes is we'd buy a platform ticket, make out where train spotting, pencil and a bit of paper. And then we'd hop on the train. Because we lived outside the town at that time. And it was only a few stops into the main station in town. So we'd hop on the train with our platform ticket. There was very rarely an inspector on the train, if at all, back in those days. And at the other end, 
at the main station in the town, we'd get off the train and go and sit on one of the seats. Everyone's filing out through the the barrier thing and the chap there's checking all their tickets. So we're on the seat with our pencil and our bits of paper. We're train spotting. And of course the chap would come over. Did you not just get off that train? No, we're train spotting. It's our platform ticket. Look, you weren't here just now. Yes, we were. We were just around there. We were in the toilet. We were here. We were there. We used to do that quite a lot. Now, that's is that a criminal offence, isn't it? I expect <laughs> so broken the law there. I, I am. I'm. I'm a serial criminal, aren't I? Stone the crows. None of you are policemen, are you? Listening, I, I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> the thing is, now here's the thing. As I said earlier, here's the thing. None of us, as I said, we weren't stealing from shops. We weren't mugging old ladies, breaking into phone boxes to get the money. We weren't doing anything like that. We were, what is it they call a white collar criminal, or is it blue collar? Uh, you know, we weren't proper criminals. We were, is it blue or white collar? Whatever, you know what I mean. So we were just, <laughs> we were just having a bit of fun, scrumping in the orchard, nipping on the train without a ticket, trespassing in the woods, buying cigarettes, buying alcohol underage. <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure that I didn't do anything back then that no one else did. I'm sure everyone did that sort of thing. There were one or two goody two-shoes type people. I remember in our class at school, we'd say, oh, we'll go scrumping tonight. That orchard, have you seen the apples? Oh, we'll go and have a look at that. And then one or two of the lads, oh no, oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, we get caught, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so we left them behind. Oh, another thing that just reminded me, we had to do a cross-country run in uh, sometimes, if I had to do sports, which I hated, if I couldn't play truant, I couldn't get out of it. So we did this cross-country run, which wasn't too bad, actually. It was up around the, the golf course and back. Of course, you could stop in the bushes and have a cigarette. <laughs> anyway, what we used to do, you had to get the number on a telegraph pole or the number on an AA box. Do you remember in the old days, in the UK at least, there were AA boxes, Automobile Association or RAC boxes, that was, uh, what was that? Royal Automobile, whatever it was. And the boxes where they were inside was a phone and a phone directory and things. And you had a key. If you were a member of the AA, you could open this thing and use the phone. All the boxes had a number on. So the PE chap would say, right, all run up to there, go around the golf course, come back, pass that AA box and give me the number or a telegraph pole or whatever. So we go... <laughs> We go and hide just up the road somewhere in some bushes and we grab one of the kids. We weren't bullies, but grab one of the kids, get that AA box number, right? Or else. <laughs> so this poor kid would go running off. He'd come back and he'd tell us the AA box number and we'd all go back to school. We, did, we didn't get there early. You know, we didn't go first sort of thing. So that, that would look a bit obvious. Us lot coming in first on a cross-country run. No, 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 that, uh, that would immediately raise suspicion with the PH uh, chap, the master. So we turn up with the rest of the kids. We'd slip out of the bushes and join them all. Anyway, one day this kid got fed up with it. And it was, I'll never forget, it was a telegraph pole number. And he gave us the wrong number. I think there are about six of us in our sort of little gang that used to go and have a cigarette in the, in the bushes. And we all got back and we gave this chap the wrong number. And he said, who have you forced to get you the number? Who have you blackmailed to give you the number? We didn't tell him who it was, but uh, 
We got the cane, which wasn't very nice. And after that, I made sure I didn't go on cross-country runs unless I really had to. And then I had to complete it, of course. I hated the whole thing. One of the kids in our class, I never forget his name, Brian, I won't mention his surname, but his dad had a pub. In fact, the pub is up the road from where I'm living now. And he used to come in with his duffel bag. Do you remember the duffel bag? Kind of a round cylindrical type bag tied at the top with rope. Anyway, he'd come into school with this duffel bag full of fags he'd nicked from the pub. <laughs> Sorry, can't say fags these days. Uh, cigarettes, that's it. And he'd sell the cigarettes at school. And sometimes he'd come in with drink. He'd come in with bottles of beer. Now that was rather nice. I remember these bottles of beer. What was it? Was it brown ale, dark? I can't remember what it was, but it tasted nice. And of course, at playtime, we're out on the, on the playing field, hiding in the bushes, having a cigarette and having a bottle of beer. I mean, looking back, looking back, it's no wonder that uh, I didn't do very well at school. I don't think I was there half the time. That was my way of coping. And all the children today, they, they reckon they're stressed and like suffering anxiety and all these things. Well, I would have done had I not been able to, at playtime, go out onto the field and have a cigarette and a pint of beer. <laughs> that was my way of coping. No, that, that only happened once or twice. We weren't Alkies. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, AA, that wasn't Alcoholics Anonymous. It was Automobile Association. So although I've said all along in all the podcasts over the four years, I hated school. I did hate it, but there were times like that I'm banging around on the desk now there were times like that when we were able to make it a little bit of fun oh I found out about the dustman why they never seem to turn up when I'm doing a recording the days change that's what it is they now come on a Monday and I don't do a recording on Monday what I do is the Wednesday recording for the midweek message I either do that Tuesday or Wednesday morning the Sunday one which is this one for example, it's now Friday, midday Friday. So I don't do any recording on Monday. That's when the dustmen come along. But what I will do for those of you who have missed the dustmen, I will switch the recorder on uh, this coming Monday and uh, you'll be able to hear them crashing around in the street. Oh, by the way, talking of crashing around in the street, we've got the gas man over the road. He was poking around last night, making holes in the road and in the, the pavement putting his sniffer down there, sniffing for gas. And he was going into each house. He came into our house with his sniffer. He's under the stairs, sniffing around the gas meat. <laughs> and he said, no, no, you're OK. He said, there is a gas leak, though, somewhere. So now they're, they're out there again today. There are three vans parked, all the vans to do with the, you know, the gas people. And there are these gas men poking around out there. I don't know what they're doing probably having a cup of tea and a cigarette. No, they must have a cigarette, must they? <laughs> probably blow half the street up. So yes, I think what's going to happen, they'll probably dig the road up because as he said to me, with a gas leak, they've got to find it. They can't just leave it. <laughs> they leave water leaks because they don't care about that. But uh, gas is obviously... Hello, new, am I allowed to read? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, that's about the mortgage interest rate going through the roof. I don't know. Thank goodness we don't have a mortgage anymore. What did I just say about digging up the road? I've just looked out of the window. There's a pneumatic drill lying on the road. So I might have to finish recording in a minute. If they're going to start that thing up, no one will be able to hear themselves think. So I may have to stop. I'll carry on though, just for a minute, because there's something very important that I want to tell you. 
The trouble is I've forgotten what it is. <laughs> Isn't it awful? This old age business. I'm getting so forgetful in my old age. And I'm not even old yet. I've just had something turn up from Amazon, which is good. Only ordered it last night and it's here now, middle of the day. Fantastic. Royal Mail. I don't know what's happened to Royal Mail in this country. It's I, It's gone hopeless. I ordered something uh, from eBay. It took two weeks to get here. That's Royal Mail second class parcel or whatever. Two weeks to get here. In fact, I said to the chap, look, it hasn't turned up. He refunded me. And the following day, of course, it did turn up. He was very good. He said, look, I'm moving house because I offered to send it back. And he said, no, no, keep the money. Don't send it back. I'm moving house. I don't want it back. And you've been mucked around so much. Keep it. Keep the item and the money. That was really good of him. And this item that's turned up now, 11 days ago, I ordered it. 11 days. Where has it been? What are the Royal Mail people do with parcels? It's only a small parcel. Where's it been all this time? Stuck in a van somewhere or a warehouse? I don't understand it. I really don't. In the old days, do you remember back in the 50s, the 60s, you post a letter. It would be there the next day or the day after. There was morning post, afternoon post, and before that, evening post. I think there were four posts a day. Uh, morning, lunchtime, afternoon and evening. So you get your letter sometimes the same day. Can you imagine that? These days they've got first class mail and second class mail, which is mental. It should all be treated as first class. It cost a fortune to post a letter. Back then, I don't know what the stamps were, but they were nothing as horrendous as they are today. I don't know why companies like Royal Mail these days, when they saw eBay on the rise, the company's getting bigger, there's more and more parcels being posted. Why didn't someone at Royal Mail say, OK, this is going to get big. We need to do some special deal for eBayers or something like that. Not just make people wait for two weeks before they get their eBay parcel. It's crazy. No wonder there are other companies. What is there? Yodel, Every... Hermes, there's loads of others that have muscled in. They shouldn't have had a chance against Royal Mail. You know, anyway, there we are. That's another issue. When I was a boy, sorry, when I was a young human, <laughs> I was telling someone the other day about that, that I, I can't say when I was a boy or when I was a girl. I have to say young human or something, don't you? Anyway, what's going on now? Where are we? Look, we're coming up to 50 minutes. What, uh, have I finished talking rubbish or is there anything else? I shall check my notes. Oh, by the way, the Amazon delivery was a little USB thing for my audio mixer. The one that took 10 days, which turned up today, was a squirrel feeder. Because our squirrel feeder is falling to bits. I made it years and years ago out of wood. And it's lasted a long time, but now it's falling to bits. And I was looking around for some wood and bits and pieces... And honestly, this one I found on eBay, this squirrel feed, a chap obviously makes them at home. It's cheaper than I could go and buy the wood, so I thought well, I'd buy it from him. Not thinking it would take 10 days. So anyway, that's here now. And it's full of monkey nuts. Is that what you call them abroad? These peanut things, monkey nuts. The squirrels grow them. And I'll tell you what, you get a monkey nut and stick it in the ground. Within a few days, it's growing. It's like two or three inches high out of the ground. So it must be quite easy to grow these things. What I have often thought of doing is planting a few myself somewhere where the squirrels can't dig them up and see what happens. I mean, you don't get peanut trees, do you? <laughs> I think the, the nuts are all underground, aren't they? 
peanuts? I don't know. They're mainly grown in America, aren't they? In China, I believe. So I set up the new squirrel feeder. Now it's finally arrived. And they're going to have to get used to it. I've left a few nuts in the old one that's falling apart. I was going to put a sign. We are moving, you know, like on a shop window. We are moving. Our new shop is over by the shed above the cabinet, <laughs> the garden cabinet. I don't think squirrels can read. That's the problem. OK, I'm talking rubbish now. Time to end it. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Look after yourselves. Be great to hear from you. We've got this heat wave coming up. To, where are we? Friday, I said, didn't I? Yeah, Friday the 23rd of June, 23. Heat wave this Sunday. Hopefully more thunderstorms so I can go out there at half two in the morning just for you to record them. See, aren't I good? Aren't I good to you? Take care. See you on Wednesday for the midweek message. Bye-bye for now.